how did you guys find out? Uh, do you remember where you were when you um, heard the news? Hmm. Um, you want to go first, Tim, or you want me to go? Um, I don't want to go at all because I was doing what black people think white people do on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. I was watching an Elvis movie with my wife. Um, not even an Elvis movie, but um, the movie 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner as Elvis impersonators. The last time I watched the movie was the night that um, that group Great White uh, had that fireworks explosion that killed one than 100 people in Rhode Island. So oh, every yeah. time I watch that movie, something fucking horrible happens. Um, yeah, and she told me Chadwick Boseman died, and I, I was just like, does my wife not know who Chadwick Boseman is? Like, there's no way Chad, Chadwick Boseman died. Like, there's no, there's yeah, no, there's no yeah. way. Like, yeah. and, and then just started reading things and thought it was fake and hoped it was fake and just could not believe it. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. Still kind of can't believe it. Yeah. I was, I was the same way. I thought it was like some type of mistake or like when people were saying that Morgan Freeman had passed away or getting Kevin Hart mixed up with Usain Bolt. Um, that was very weird, but yeah, that yeah, happened last that was week. very weird. But like my, my night was weird. The whole night was weird anyway. I was supposed to go with my girlfriend to like this like engagement get together thing. And when I was getting ready, when we were getting ready to leave, I couldn't lock the door to my apartment. So the night was already kind of weird as shit. And so I couldn't lock the door to my apartment. So I stayed inside and I, um, I started watching Cobra Kai on Netflix. And it and I was actually in a super good mood watching that shit. And then um my cousin and one of my best friends had texted me and was telling me that um Chadwick Bosman had died. And I was like, they probably just saw something on Instagram or Facebook, some social media shit that people just throwing around. And I looked it up just like you did, Tim, and I saw it it happened. And I was like, damn, like where did it come? It, it literally came out of nowhere. Um the same thing with like when Kobe died, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I was about to mention that as well. And it was weird. The thing about Kobe's death, and just to kind of talk about that, like Chadwick Boseman, that was that was really hard for me because of the connection I have with um, actors and filmmaking and everything. And I and I felt like for him, he was like, I don't know if it's fair to say like someone is like the next somebody else, but he reminded me a lot of like Denzel Washington when he was around there you know, around that age and stuff like that. And I always just thought that he was just going to always be around and always be an entertainer, always be the guy that, you know, that we saw out there. And um, so it just hit me hard. Thing about, I remember when I heard about Kobe, it was like, I'm not even into sports, but it was just, just like Chadwick, it's something about the person, the personality and, and what impact they left on the world while they was here. And it's just, it just seems like those are the people that we, you know, wind up losing is the people that do so much in this, in this life, you know? Yeah. And, and similar to, to you guys, um, I literally saw the trend on Twitter and I kept going. Like I, I was doing something totally different. I was there to actually do something productive, which I know sounds crazy for social media, I saw it trending, but you see a lot of things trending. I literally closed the browser. I was like, this is too much foolishness. I'm not looking at this. And I went about my my business. An hour later on the Slack channel, I'm on with, with a bunch of guys. Somebody posts the story. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. No, nah, that's, that's not real. 
It's like, how would that have even happened? But almost immediately, you know, a couple of things hit me. One, there was a, I want to say it was Instagram. He shared this post. I don't know if you guys remember this, but he looked real skinny. And uh, he had a 42 hat on, of course, representing Jackie Robinson. And he was talking about an organization he's working with to do some uh, charitable good work in uh, the community. And uh, he just, he just seemed like he, he, I was like, you know, is he losing weight for like a role or like what's going on with that? Mm-hmm. But people were like, oh, look, he got cancer. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, joking high, you know, like, yeah, cancer, whatever. Um, but even prior to that, I remember watching the Five Bloods and looking at that role, you're like, all right, well, why is Storm and Norman so skinny? You know, you would think you would think like somebody who was taking on that kind of, you know, leader of you know these rogue black soldiers who are still in his goal. Like you would think they try to have him keep the build he had from Black Panther, other things that he was, you know, that same sort of physique, that physical presence, right? You know, it's weird. He's such a good actor. I think I just thought he was the kind of guy who would just think, yeah, the role will be a little bit better if I do something like that. Like if I lose 40 pounds, it'll just make the movie that much better because he had so much commitment to so many other roles and he could Mm -hmm. transform himself so well. I guess I didn't, I guess I wasn't as thrown by it as I should have been. I wasn't thrown by it, but it it didn't because I was like, that would have to be something intentional, but I wouldn't know what that was meant to reference. Well, I just thought, personally, I just thought that he just was a smaller guy. Because some people just, like, he, I felt like he gained weight for certain roles like Black Panther, but, like, his walking weight was probably just small. Right, so, but but one thing we did learn um, today, uh, Clark Peters, one of the, the actors uh, who was, you know, uh, one of the soldiers in The Five Bloods, mentioned that he was present uh well present of course he's present he was you know doing the the work in the film but you know he's seen this colleague of his you know basically kind of being pampered he had you know a woman who was there giving him massages and he said people were kind of like at his beck and call and he kind of looked at it like oh this guy you know he he became this this superstar since black panther and, and you know he kind of you know wants to kind of you know be pampered as he goes about the world not realizing that these people were really kind of looking after his health because of his diagnosis and, you know, what he had to go through for treatments and things like that. And, you know, kind of flip, you know, his perspective on its head, you know, knowing the full story now. Um, It's it's so sad because like he, the guilt he feels for feeling that way when he had no idea, he just had no idea. You just, you just felt like the anguish watching him talk about that. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and because and it's it's crazy that he, you know, um, Chadwick was able to keep that so close to the vest that, you know, many of his closest working colleagues didn't know the people who he spent a lot of time with and clearly was close to and, and shared a lot of, you know, um, a lot of moments with that we'll we'll never witness and and you know, a lot of things they won't divulge. But he clearly touched their hearts, you know. I, I mean, Michael B. Jordan didn't know. Um, Ryan Coogler didn't know. That's insane, too. Re- that's amazing. Reginald Hudlin, who worked with them on Marshall, didn't know. Um, Reginald Hudlin wrote a really good piece for, um, I believe it was Variety today also, where he just talked about 
what type of person Chadwick Boseman was. So if, I know there's a lot of tributes and stuff, but that, that one is really worth reading. I mean, he just kept it, he kept it private from everybody and just put his head down and I guess knew he had a certain amount of time and wanted to do this work and did it. And it's astonishing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he did plenty of things prior to Black Panther um, that are worthy of, of, you know, mentioning in his, his uh, work. So if we're looking even, you know, he, he's played Thurgood Marshall, he's played Jackie Robinson, he's played James Brown. Um, I mean, those are some of the preeminent, you know, um, leaders and entertainers um, of the previous generation who did all kinds of great work. Full disclosure, I was watching uh, Get On Up before we started this podcast. Uh, that movie is insane. Absolutely insane. He does another total transformation. He gets the voice incredibly. Um, it's directed by the guy who directed The Help. So there's some there's some interesting decisions that are made, but <laughs> <laughs> Chadwick Boseman is amazing in it. He's amazing in everything. You know, I haven't seen 21 Bridges yet. And that movie you know, is, you know, kind of hit or miss for people, but has a really interesting premise about, you know, a murder that cops are trying to solve in, in uh, New York City, and they shut down all the bridges um, connecting New York City to, well, Manhattan specifically, I believe, to everywhere else, and so that's why it's called 21 Bridges. Um, and, you know, of course, it's got a lot of things about um, kind of the justice system and, you know, fairness and unfairness, and I mean, his work, if you really look at it, even his Marvel, it's just so interesting to like a person who, you know, had so much particular dedication and and ideals to want to uphold the images um, and and just kind of the the righteousness and, and the humanity of black people in his art was able to do that in every single step of the way and every single thing he did one, one way or another, he always chose roles um, and made decisions as an actor that, you know, really upheld what he wanted to, to see on the screen and the sort of images he wanted people to have. And, and, you know, he, he really did, globally have an impact um, on how the world views the opportunity for black people on screen to, you know, be, be like actually accepted by wide audiences. Well, it's funny because if you look at some of his earlier movies where he has kind of the great man roles, where he has the Jackie Robinson role with 42, he's kind of sharing the screen with Harrison Ford. And then one right. of the criticisms of Marshall is that he shares the screen a lot with Josh Gad. And it's like, why is Josh Gad so prominent in the Thurgood Marshall story? And before Black Panther, I think there's kind of a Hollywood unspoken rule that you can't just have a lead black actor. You have to have like a white person there to sort of help them carry the movie. Like, mm -hmm. or, or audiences, you know, white audiences won't be able to handle it. And I think it's interesting that after Black Panther and after Get Out, Mm -hmm. Hollywood yeah, kind of realizes right. that's not true anymore. Like, and it was probably never true, but Hollywood realizes like we've actually crossed a threshold where we don't have to do this shit anymore. Well, I think Hollywood listens to the loudest voices 
Right. You know, the, the people who have very loud opinions. It's, it's not even like it's majority or even like necessarily true what's being stated, but since those people are so loud about it, that's kind of what they follow. I, that's a that's an assumption on my that part. That makes sense because I don't think black people have that strong of a, a voice. Well, the, a voice when it comes to movies as much. Probably so more so now than back in the day. It was just... I feel like we just always wanted to watch something that was entertaining or that represented us in some type of way. And I think that's one thing too, Hollywood underestimated how much um, blacks or people of color will go and spend money on watching, you know, different type of movies and stuff. But, just like, but uh, well, I was like, just to, to augment your point too, it, it's hard to take ourselves back in time, right? Um, and really remember the moment, but man, when Black Panther was out, ooh, boy, people were representing. I'm talking about. I ain't seen so many dashikis at a movie theater in my life, especially not in no suburb. Like it was a trip, you know. And just all the different ways, though it, like I actually I rewatched the movie Black Panther uh, over the weekend. Uh, it's a hard rewatch. Not because I mean the movie's excellent, so it's not hard to rewatch because of the quality of the film. Right, but, because of him. Yeah, but there's so much like interwoven things that are meant specifically for you know uh, an African. Well, not just simply African American, but but black people, the black diaspora itself, like about fatherhood and all these other things. And it was weird because I was, you know, my son's three. And, you know, he's at an age or I should say his, his great grandparents and others at an age where this could come up again. So I said, OK, maybe this is an opportunity to have that conversation about when people pass away. Hmm. And so before we watched the movie, because um, he, he asked to rewatch it. So that's how we ended up doing it. But, you know, I said, all right, well, um, basically, here's what happened after we get through explaining it he kind of is like trying to grapple with it. And we gave a few other examples and he says, Oh, you mean he's under the red sand now? Mm. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a way to understand it. I mean, he's, he's with the ancestors. He is one of the ancestors now. And it, was, it was interesting seeing my son make that point. And then in Ryan Coogler's, um, his, uh, I can't even think of what to call it. Um, the thing he wrote about Chadwick after he passed away um, in remembrance of him, he mentioned that Chadwick is not one of the ancestors. And, you know, to to make that connection um, and, and to see that, that Chadwick did put so much great energy and great messages. And, and he, he was just such a, when he did interviews, he, he was a person who did not really hold back his emotion. He He let you see him be vulnerable and he spoke to his own vulnerability and there's even interviews where he's talking about children who have cancer who tr are trying to hold on so they can see black panther in theaters mm. and to know now i mean he was hurting he was crying about it at the moment and you knew he felt it for the children but to know that it was because he also was dealing with that himself is like a whole another thing when you rewatch it right my um personal story with me my um actually my cousin died from cancer when he was um 38 
Mm. So um, me, and, me and his brother was talking about it the other day that if he was still alive, he would be the same age that Chadwick Boseman was. Mm. And God. when he had cancer, he was like in the um, hospital because he used to be a nurse. And so he would go and he would um, go see like kids with cancer and stuff and sit around and talk to them and stuff like that. And um, one thing that he had said, like, it is, it's weird, like, cause I always think like when I, with this, what Chadwick made me think about him and like how humble he was. And like every time we asked him how he was doing and he always say he doing better than he deserved. And then like, he had brought up a point with the kids was that, you know, at the end of the day, he lived, had a full life, you know? And so even though he, he passed away young, he felt like he lived a full life, but these kids with cancer, it's certain stuff that they would not get a chance to experience, right? And I would think about that, maybe that's a, a way in how I view Chadwick that at the end of the day, although he lived to just be 43, he did more in his life than some people could have done at the age of 90 and contribute more to the world than most people could have ever done, you know? I mean, he, he was a superhero for Christ's sakes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I want to bring up something that you mentioned too um, earlier and may not even realize the kind of the interesting connection between the two, because you mentioned something about how Chadwick reminds you of Denzel Washington, right? Right. So here's a, a funny story. And I, I had heard about this well, well before his passing. Um, but he was a Chadwick was a student at Harvard, I mean, Harvard, Lord Howard, Howard University, so HBCU. Um, he actually was um, going to the university at the same time as other very talented artists like Ta-Nehisi Coates, just uh -huh. so happens. Um, but he, one of his professors was, was Felicia Rashad. Um, yeah. and, you know, of course, one of her main known roles is being uh, Claire Huxtable uh, on The Cosby Show. Um, anyway, so there was a set of programs that... Um, people in her class, you know, wanted to, to do, but they didn't have the money to, you know, make it happen. So she said, well, let me call one of my friends up and see if we can do something about that. So years and years and years later, after Chadwick's done a program and finished it, and he's been in like, by this time at 42 and some other things and finished that program out. Um, he finds out uh, that the person who did it and paid for it all was Denzel. Wow. Which is crazy. And they got to chat about it for a minute. It's it's some awards thing. Like he found out after he had done Black Panther. Um, <laughs> that that happened, which is like wild. Wow. Um never even knew that that was was his benefactor. And another interesting story too, when um for some reason Angela Davis had gone up to Howard to do some That's sort of it. address or something like that. Oh yeah, excuse me, Lord, I'm my brain. Probably Angela Davis at some point too. Yeah, sorry. But, Thank you. Thank you for no, the correction there. No. So um, anyway, Angela Bassett's up there doing um, some sort of address or something. And of all the damn people for it uh, mm -hmm. to be just like escorting her around, it's Chadwick doing it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she said it was just crazy. Um, and she, you know, she mentioned this after he had passed away, but that, you know, it went from that relationship with him being a student to him being a peer and bringing so much to, um, 
to a performance and and really kind of being the the you know anchor for what everybody did and you know bringing his professionalism and and just bringing this this great energy and and working in sync with everybody to make what happened uh, with Black Panther possible and so well, you told her for the first time at the premiere of Black Panther. Like, I guess she didn't remember. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah she didn't remember. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they've yeah. been making this movie together for, you know, years. I don't know how long, at least months, maybe years. Uh, and then he says, oh, by the way, <laughs> that was me. I was that loser. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a funny story. that you clearly don't remember. <laughs> or not. They mean plenty. <laughs> yeah, but he was a child too, you know. I mean, you look so right. different when you're you're that much younger, but um I'm sure I look totally different uh when I was in college than I do now. But now you look the same. Well, like legit exactly the same. <laughs> As hey, l- l- let me From continue to look grade. this way. <laughs> Look, I just want people to for another thirty years. Aaron been a grown man for a long time. <laughs> I've just had like, facial hair for a long time. The same type of man since like eighth grade. <laughs> My politics have changed a little, but yeah, that's about, <laughs> that's about it. Were you a conservative eighth grader? Uh, no, no, oh, okay. no. It's, it's right. more subtle than that. Uh, All right, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, no. That, Oh my goodness! I, I, I honestly though, um, I, I'm I'm so delighted that we got to see and, and experience a guy like this though, um, who who will clearly have a, a mark on this generation and beyond um, for everything he did. And for, you know, I think his very last movie is also a Netflix movie. So the, of course, the Five Bloods came out not long ago. We we talked about that and his great performance there. Uh, there's also a movie coming out, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I'm honestly not super familiar with Ma Rainey. I, I know that she was a great blues singer, one of the uh, yeah, it's, first. It's just a, it's based off a of play. Yeah, I think by uh, August Wilson, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and I'm really curious to kind of see how that turns out, um, especially given the roles he he chooses and and you know, one uh, to give people an opportunity to have this story told in a fair way. And I know it's not a project he would have joined on if, if it wasn't uh, really telling the story the right way. So um, that'll be the last uh, performance of his that, that we'll, you know, get to see. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's still, I don't know, man, it's, it's shocking. Like I'm not, I'm not okay still about it. Like, I mean, when I was talking to my friends, um, we we were just really despondent. We just kind of couldn't believe this was happening. Like twenty twenty has been absolute, like a, just a dog pile completely. Um, oh man, it's just it's just hard, man. I don't even know what else to say about it. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I really I really don't know. I'm I'm just glad to be able to spend the last few days appreciating his work. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of nothing else to take take solace in, and obviously for his family, it's it's no kind of comfort at all. I'm sure, but I mean, just for someone who only has a who only knows him as a fan, to at least be able to get get to watch his performances and see how good they were, and how much he was able to humanize characters who might have been 
you know, 50 years in the past or 60 years in the past and 70 years in the past and bring them to another generation because I don't know if everybody does this, but I assume they do. Like you see a movie like Marshall and then you immediately go. And I was going to say, go home and Google Marshall, but we're all home all the time. You go and Google and read more about Thurgood Marshall and you go and read more about Jackie Robinson and you go and read more about James Brown. And I think he really is, he really did teach a generation about about those men and pass the torch on in a way, like use his fame to pass a torch and to make sure that they weren't forgotten. Right. And that's crazy because that was, <clears throat> sorry, there was also talks of him playing um, Yasuke. The um, first. Yeah, it was, it was in pre-production. Samurai. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And so that would just have been another person within history that a lot of people don't know much about that we will, um, like Tim said, be able to research on and learn a whole much, much more about it. And he always played these prominent features. Can can you kind of give a quick synopsis of Yasuke? Yasuke? Mm-hmm. Um, so from my understanding, um, he was a, back in, what do you call it? More so a feudal Japan uh, during the, um, the Shogun era. Mm-hmm. He was a former African slave that was, that came to Japan with some, um, how do you pronounce it, Juset priest as a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And then he wound up being under the command of Obanaga. And it was something, I was reading it today actually when, like at that time he was considered to be like, a, like he was like 6'1", and that was considered to be a giant back then. Yeah. Just looking at him, and Obanaga had said when he saw him, he thought he was a god. And I, th- I first of all, I thought that was just funny, like how they described him, because they at the time they were not used to seeing black people. So um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much just that's all. That's all I really know about my. Small that, that's more than what I know. So sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, actually got a book on him, and I just started reading. It's called. Um, what is it called? Um, African Samurai. Hmm. That sounds amazing. Yeah, he's he was a pretty badass dude. Uh, hold and, on, let me find the title of this book to be sure. It's right here. African, yeah, it's called African Samurai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he, he just, he chose roles that he felt like meant something he he did this before his diagnosis this is what this is kind of like his, his his you know his mo right. um he he felt like that was it was important for his art to speak in that way and you know i i just admire somebody who can you know really take that on because that it, it's a he talked about how you know that there, there were was an opportunity for him to be pigeonholed and doing those sorts of things. I mean, you know, he, he had purposely chosen those sorts of things and then to be chosen to be black Panther. And that, and that opens up a whole new world for him um, to kind of have his, his pick of the litter. And, and there's no telling what he would have done if he was able to stay here with us longer. Um, just, just the courage of, he really breaks out in his thirties. I mean, he really breaks out with Jackie Robinson in his 30s. And that means he passed on a lot of other roles. 
like he passed on a lot of opportunities in his 20s to do the types of things that actors always say i didn't want to play this role but i took it because i needed the money Mm. or because this was all that was offered to me or whatever all the understandable reasons that actors end up playing people that they later regret he must have had to skip so many of those to hold out for jackie robinson not knowing that he was ever going to get that and then he gets that and then he gets thurgood marshall and james brown and black panther which is just a complete it, it changes all of the rules in movies he really it just takes incredible courage and fortitude and self-confidence to do that yeah but i think it also it has to say something about the person for even being chosen for those roles yeah you know um because it's, it's one thing to have the courage to go out for the roles it's another thing to actually get them yeah and be so, amenable like, enough to do that yeah, it's like, I feel like so many people saw something in him. They saw that spirit, they saw the confidence, they saw the leadership, and they was like, you'll be perfect for this role. Yeah, and just so, the skill to do that. Um, yeah, you and and I mean, some good. of the people he played, he don't even look like. Like, I wouldn't have thought, like, oh, I'm going to have this guy play Thurgood Marshall. Yeah. But it had to be something about him. It's, it's some type, some some that he exudes that made people like, he would be perfect for this role. <laughs> you know, even it was funny seeing that the Obamas had had both separately. I didn't want to say the Obamas in this case, uh, uh, Barack Obama and, and Michelle Obama, they both separately put up posts about him and just the kind of air he carried around him and, and how just impressed they were with him uh, mm-hmm. and his ability to take command and make an impression on people uh that is uh coming from those two i mean that that's the highest sort of praise um, that's a skill in itself right <laughs> yeah or is it just something that you're naturally born with well, yeah. So. yeah it's not i mean i, I don't think you know you, you got to train that muscle i think to, to be able to do that but you know i i'm just it's just like, man, we, we lost, you know, a very, very, um, you know, important figure. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that he left such a, a great legacy. Um, and I'm sure there'll be his legend. It would, would, like I said, it's going to touch things going past this. I think a lot of, um, people it's tim's like they're probably you know it's just weird it felt like in some ways even though he he had been a veteran he had been here for so long that his breakout he, he had been breaking out right but like 2018 was like boom like i'm like i'm not i'm superstar level now like i'm on some will smith shit you know like he's about to be the next guy and um you know uh, it, it just it just felt like he he didn't get to have the reign as as long as as he definitely could have and there'll be somebody who who like you know Tim was explaining who's looking at his legacy and what he's done and they're gonna say you know what I'm gonna take that path I don't have to do these things that aren't really right for me I can just you know continue to try to keep my head down and work hard and you know it may not work out but I'm gonna try to you know take this path and, 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 you know, honor, you know, a way that Chadwick went about it and, and try to do it the right way. Right. I think we're going to see more people attempting to do that, not taking things just simply because they feel like 
it may be the inroads to the next thing because that's just not simply guaranteed. Like you said, there's a lot of red marks on people's careers that they wish they didn't have and they feel like they did it because they had to. Well, which is understandable because it is a job, you know. Yeah. You're a working actor, you you have to start somewhere. Yeah, you, you're a working so, actor, but, but we know kind of what, you know, taking roles that they, they they are portrayed a certain way and oh well look who else is going to take you until you know you do this kind of thing oh we got to kind of you know I, I don't hold it against anybody like when you go like no, you no. see you see movies where it's like there's some actress who's a huge actress and she's like the girlfriend right um and you're just like why on earth is elizabeth banks in this movie where she has like three lines and is just there to like be be like the girlfriend that's bizarre like she's a really good actress mm-hmm. i don't hold it against her for taking that role of course but it's so amazing when someone doesn't take those roles and still succeeds well right. and and to be more clear i'm not talking about small role to the side few few lines and you got to play even just like some stereotypical thing for just a second that's like you know not great i'm talking more like you're the black person you got to do a certain kind of thing that's demeaning in this, that, and the other. Because yeah. we've seen oh. that all across the place for a lot of you know actors. Yeah, I could see, I could see if that's that's what you're saying. Um, but then, but then on one hand, I was I was looking at it more from the point of view if you play in like a B or a C movie. Oh yeah, like, yeah. like how Samuel Jackson probably been in over two hundred movies. But I had listened to him talk about it. And he said that. He he don't always want to play in a deep movie, you know. Like sometimes he want to play in in a bullshit action picture or something like that. <laughs> something like Snakes in the Plane. Like he wants Snakes in the Plane one day, next day he want to play Mr. Glass, and the next day he want to be being Django Unchained. You know. Well, in, in 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 fairness too, I mean, you know, let, let's not downplay Chadwick's you know, performances before him. He did a lot of TV. <laughs> like, yeah. he was doing all kind of stuff. Uh, Cold Case, ER, CSI, uh, shoot, uh, Detroit 187, Justified. Like, he, he was all over. He did plenty of I didn't know he was on Justified and all that. I mean, yeah, I mean like, like you said, you, you're a working actor. You, you know, you, you take what you take what you can. But I think with my point with Chadwick, though, I think in how he got the roles that he did, I mean, it's a lot of it is working hard, but I think it also says something to the type of person that he is and the type of, like like you said with the Obama say, the impression that he leaves on people. And if anything, I think people in the entertainment industry can learn from that and to be humble. Because I feel like, I mean, I don't know the guy personally, but I feel like most of the things that people are saying about him, they're not just saying about him because he passed away. They're saying about him because he actually was that dude. And you could tell that I can tell the difference, even if I don't know a person, when people just saying saying it because they passed, you know. Yeah. So to me, I think that's that's one of the bigger lessons is to to know to to not become a prima donna, to you know be humble in the industry and have that that good energy that people will want to work with you. You know. Now I feel like you know probably one of the people who he had taken under his wing and. We may see, you know, taking uh, a new lead in certain things as John Boyega. Yeah. Um, he he's definitely like he's inked a deal with Netflix to um, have 
people from the continent of Africa have opportunities to make films um, that he's going to produce. Um, you know, we see a lot of people in, in that circle group who um, are really trying to make inroads for people um, to, you know, make more things that express different uh, black experiences and things like that. So that's kind of been going on prior to Chadwick's passing. And I think we're going to, you know, see, you know, as you said, more people kind of try to, you know, make sure that they're bringing in good energy and, and you know, working with, with people who are, you know, really invested in, in making good stuff, you know. Right. So. I don't have anything else to add, man. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm being such a downer right now, man. It's such a man. It's a, it's a it's heavy, man. Yeah, it's a heavy thing. Before we go, I know we. I think I think we. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys: Have y'all seen this thing on? I think I saw it on Instagram, some Facebook or something about like people suggesting um, some idea for like the next Black Panther movie. Have y'all seen that? The uh, the night the night he died, I went and wrote an obituary for Movie Maker, and as soon as I was done, I noticed that everybody was getting really mad at Screen Rant because yeah. Screen Rant had the wonderful taste to do a story on Marvel's options for Black Panther two, and being Screen Rant, they hadn't, of course, I mean, first incredibly tasteless to do that, but right. also it was just their goofy speculation about it they don't have any insider knowledge they've never spoken to anybody at marvel all they do is just sort of guess and throw things up on the internet and try to get your clicks and it it was just it was just such a total misfire i think i haven't allowed myself to even <laughs> think about the question um i i've thought about in my head like how i would want them to do it um and i just want them to I feel like so many people there were his friends and worked with him so closely. I just feel like whatever they do is going to be really respectful. Right. And I just kind of want to see what they do. I mean, I, I, so there, there's a lot of potential avenues. I think honestly, the best route is to just kind of fast forward what was probably going to happen in the first place, which is that uh, Shuri um, takes on the mantle. Um, this happens in the comics and, and the way it happens makes sense. Um, my speculation with Black Panther 2 always was that Namor was going to be the villain. There's all these reasons for it, including an endgame to talk about some tremors in the ocean, blah, 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 blah. People who know comics kind of know where that could lead. Because um, um, T'Challa and Namor are... Um, two kings, you know, one on land, most powerful country, one, you know, in the water, and they both have beef about how to handle stuff, so on and so I, forth. I, I did ask Daniel Kalia about that at one point, and he had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. It was like, <laughs> I've never felt so stupid in my life. He was looking at me like, nope. <laughs> 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 he was, I thought I thought we had it all figured out, because we talked about it on here, and we were like, oh yeah, yeah Atlantis, definitely. And then yeah. the way the way he was just like, oh, like I'm trapped in a room with a crazy person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you even talking about? Um, oh, you know, was, oh and by the way, um, you know, he and, and uh, oh my God, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, they're doing a move with the Black Panthers. I mean, they've already finished it. It's getting ready to come out soon. Yeah, that looks uh, so, so good. That looks yeah. 
pretty fantastic. So these guys all were, were really interested in, in, yeah, yeah. These guys are all really interested in telling these stories. And so I'm, I'm thankful we have these, these sort of artists present and, and really finding ways to use their presence and, and impact to give our generation an opportunity to really see a, 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 a proper retelling of, of what went down. The other just incredibly awesome thing about Chadwick Boseman and what he did and what Ryan Coogler did and what everybody involved in Black Panther did is if you don't have this superhero movie making hundreds of millions of dollars, you don't millions. get the green yeah, you don't get the green light for a movie about Fred Hampton. Like it just doesn't happen. You don't mm-hmm. get the green light for so many movies. And suddenly Hollywood, because like you said, they follow the loudest voice and Black Panther was the loudest voice. They mm-hmm. said, you know what, I, I will greenlight a movie about Black Panthers that never would have been greenlit 10 years ago. Right. Well, I don't even think The Watchmen would exist. Man, Watchmen's so damn good. Oh, well, man, that's a good TV show. Well, even though I haven't watched it yet, or something like Lovecraft um, Lovecraft Country. Now, we're going to do that. I, I mean, so just so everybody knows, it's like, why are you guys talking about Lovecraft Country? I've been the one stopping us from talking about it only because – I'm sure, like, we watch it early, we'll be like, oh, no, we blew our wide, like, it's too early, you know, it, it gets more amazing later, so I'm, I'm, you know, gonna take my foot off the break and, and be like, hey, guys, maybe we should watch it now that we're, like, mid-season or near the end, uh, but I just, you know, it's one of those things, so remember, when we did Watchmen, we watched it early and reviewed it, and he went, oh, shit, we gotta go back and do it again, yeah. so <laughs> I'm happy doing two episodes on, on Lovecraft, it was that good, but Watchmen was that amazing. If you have not watched HBO's Watchmen, you have to watch it. Oh, I want to re-listen because I think I didn't like it on the first episode, and I was probably like, eh, whatever they tried. Yeah, you were. <laughs> you were. <laughs> you got so much better. I was going to say, um, this, so this is the thing that pissed me off on social media. So everybody was, put, was sharing this post of, like, talking about for Black Panther 2, um, them, them using the Infinity Stone to bring back Killmonger and have Killmonger be the next Black Panther. That was so stupid to me. It, it's just, it does not make sense. Um, I just, thematically, that doesn't work. Thematically, from a narrative standpoint, I think it's just one of those things where people like a bad guy so much. I think they just they want to go back to somebody familiar and you know that potentially people were talking about maybe him uh, Killmonger coming back but I I don't see that being a good choice I love Michael B. Jordan but I just mean like for how that narrative had functioned it just didn't feel right it would probably it would most likely be terrible like it would be I don't know it's like watching the Karate Kid and then watching the, the next Karate Kid It'll be terrible. It just doesn't even sound like a good idea. Because really, the next Karate Kid is just Karate Kid, but with a girl. And that's what, yeah, no, wouldn't be a good idea. You have said such hurtful things about both Hillary Swank and, uh, was that Jaden Smith? Was he the Karate Kid at one point? Yeah, yeah, with Jackie Chan. Wow, you have just, wow. I really don't think no Karate Kid is as good (laughs) as the original. I mean, I think the one with Jaden had like good fight scenes and stuff. And, you know, why that's did pretty much it. Why was it called the Karate Kid and they didn't do karate? That was that was freaking Kung Fu. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, so, so uh, this is the person who actually does martial arts in here getting upset now. So, 
No, I mean, that, I'm for real like that. No, I, I know, no, no. It's a fair criticism. They were, I'm not saying you, you shouldn't say that. I mean, shit. But I did like Cobra Kai. I know this is off subject, but I brought it. Yeah, it all comes Kai back. Is, that's on Netflix, right? <laughs> yeah, just to say that I'm 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 in love with this show. It's kind of stupid, but it's kind of like extremely. That's good. what people have been saying when it was on YouTube, uh, on YouTube TV or whatever that service YouTube, was YouTube Red. Yeah, there we go. God. Right. Yeah, I just started watching, but anyway, yeah. um, that's I mean, all I, I got. Watch it. Yeah, man, I uh, whew, I, this this is a, a better lighthearted ending than we were gonna have. Um, but if you got this far, <laughs> definitely uh, <laughs> share the podcast, tell your people about it. Um, even if it's just one person, it always helps. Please leave a review, five stars if possible. If you really enjoyed it so much, we really love you guys. Appreciate it. Keith, please tell them where they can find us on social media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, of course, and Instagram at the Low Key Pod. Boom. Tim, anything you'd like to close with, sir? Uh, you can find a write-up of this episode on moviemaker.com, probably written by Aaron. If it's like last week, I might accidentally write it, and then Aaron might <laughs> submit one, and then we might combine them into one Voltron piece, which was probably the best one we've ever done. <laughs> no, Boom. I don't know. Crushed it. Yeah, I mean, I, the Project Power was fun, though. I, I, I do think people should give that a look, at least. <sighs> Sorry about that, Aaron. No, look, I haven't look, had an opportunity to formally apologize. That was no, look, look, I, I, it's my fault for texting saying, "Man, I don't think I'm gonna get to it." And then I did <laughs> on my lunch break and said nothing. <laughs> so no, it came no, out good. No, perfect. So uh, we'll holler at y'all on the next one, and uh, you know, peace and love to everybody out there. Please be safe, take care of yourself, and um, you know, tell your people you love them out there. You know, give give people their flowers, please. Amen. All right, see y'all soon. All right, peace.